beautiful people. You know what time it is. Ladies and gents, guys and dolls, and everyone in between. Gather round. Get you something real nice to sip on and comfy to slip on. Cause it's time for Smut Club. Here's your hosts, Chelsea and Hannah. Hey everybody and welcome to Snut Smut Club, not Snut Club. <laughs> What's a snut, Hannah? I don't know. Something between a snort and a slut. Like a snort, a slut snort. The, the way a slut snorts is yeah. called a snut. Yep. <laughs> Look at that slut snut. I hated that sentence so much. Um, but hey y'all, welcome to Smut Club. <laughs> Um, where it's a safe space for smuts to snut. (laughs) I still hate that sentence. So stop saying it. I was trying to make it better. You, we could have edited all of that out. And in fact, we should. We should not. (laughs) Anyway, I'm Hannah. (laughs) And I'm Chelsea. (laughs) Welcome to Smut Club. We're glad you're here. Um... We hope you guys are doing great today. We decided that today we're going to do a joint review. Um, I, we recently, if y'all remember, we did Rock by J.A. Huss, which was mm-hmm. a journey. Um, there's mm-hmm. really no other way to describe it. It mm-hmm. was a journey. Yep. It and, was an experience, for sure. And so we thought, we're masochists. We should do another book by her as well. But to be fair... I really like enjoy the like the dirty ones is is our book for today. I enjoy it at least more than rock. It's it's also a journey, but in a very different way. Okay, so I just want to point out that when you say that you enjoy it, you said it as a question, <laughs> and that is not convincing me that you did in fact hey, enjoy Hannah, this. Did book. I enjoy this book? <laughs> um, Honestly, I think I did enjoy it, but it was more the look on your face was one of like, really? And so that was more where I was like, did I enjoy it? Am I misremembering this? Because your face is holding some judgment right now. It was. Um, and as a therapist, you should really know how to school that. Um, you're, frankly, you're not paying me for my <laughs> lack of judgment. So, well, and let's also, I feel like you and I are the therapists that like, we'll sit there and like, we, we create a safe non-judgmental space um but we're not afraid to look at someone and be like you done fucked up here <laughs> go oh honey no oh. Mm. yeah are, are you now experiencing the consequences of your own actions i hate that oh, that Aww. sucks for you it does it does and that'll be a hundred dollars well and that is Ties nicely into the dirty ones, as there are a myriad of consequences for all kinds of behaviors. You know, let's just let's just jump into this because it's okay. It's a journey. So there's gonna be a myriad of characters mm-hmm. that that we meet. The two main ones, you have Connor, yep, and you have Kira. Correct. Why we had to go with two hard C names is beyond me. Well, Kira is spelled with a K. Yeah, but it's pronounced with a hard C. <laughs> Pardon me. Or is Connor? That's a debate for another time. We should leave that be. <laughs> we should. Yeah, yeah. And um, I 
did not take this book seriously when I was outlining it, in full disclosure. And so when I was outlining it, Connor became Connie and Kira became Kitty Cat. I just wrote Con um, <laughs> and then I just wrote Kira. Fair enough. So what I, I would love if I just like hadn't told you their names and then you didn't remember and then you're like, <laughs> can you believe what Kitty Cat did in that scene? All right, so the book the the book opens with another book. It's like a book inception. Yes. How would you? I'm not. Descri- I'm not so, launching this. Well. So so we have our friend Connor. He is in an airport. Um, he is buying some gum or something, and he looks over. He's in Montreal, I think, and he sees two women fighting over this book, and he sees the cover, and it says the dirty ones, and he flips out. And so they're fighting over the last copy of this book in the store. And so he pulls out a stupid amount of cash, like over $300, and says, I have to buy this book. Let me take it. And they're like, "Uh, okay, crazy person. And so he takes the book and then he, it's told from his perspective at this point. So he's kind of thinking, I can't believe she did this. You know, and, but so he's like, we are hearing these thoughts of him, like being like, I need to go confront her, and I can't believe she did this. But the book was written anonymously, so title the dirty ones, author anonymous. So we don't mm-hmm. like, we know he's upset, but we don't really necessarily understand all of the nuances as to why. But he decides he's right. going to go confront whoever he assumes released this book. Correct, this mysterious woman. Um, it's also revealed through his internal monologue that he is running for Senate. And so for some reason, the consequences of this book could be far-reaching for him as he's launching his campaign. So he leaves the airport, rents a car, and drives to Vermont. To go confront this girl, who we then learn he hasn't spoken to her in 10 years. They haven't spoken since they were in college. They have completely nope. fallen out of touch, but he's like— this bitch is the one who released the book. I'm going to go confront her. Mm-hmm. He's like, obviously she wrote it because she writes erotica and trash. And so she's the only one who could have written this book because that tracks logically. I also just want to throw out there, like in the real world and my husband and I's personal lives, my husband knows at least two grown-ass men who write lesbian erotica under pen names. So just saying, like, I really feel like Connor's jumping the gun here. Like, there's mm-hmm. other options. They're but okay, so, so we now pivot. The book is going to go back and forth between Connor's point of view and Kira's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, like, it's almost every— Some chapters, that, like, you need that trade-off for point of view, and some you're like, mm-hmm. let's just get on with it. Yeah. So we then meet Kira. Mm-hmm. She lives in an isolated cottage in Vermont. Yep. No cell service, no TV, no internet. She has a weather radio. Yeah, she has a weather radio and just sits alone in her cottage and writes really dark smut and really dark erotica. Good for her. Not disputing that at all, but I'm I'm like, because the whole book, she's like, I have so many ideas. I couldn't write them all. And I'm like, what? Oh, we'll get there. There's sort so of a much smutty Emily Dickinson situation. 
just saying. Like Emily Dickinson never left her house and wrote all these yeah. love poems. And she was stuff. agoraphobic. Yeah, well, I, you know I forgot that Emily Dickinson. Mm. You're Honestly, welcome. gun to my head, I would have said Jane Austen. <laughs> and I'm really glad. I mean, possibly her too. I don't know. Maybe her, but she's not the one who's known for it at the no. very least. No, she's not. So, yeah, so she lives alone, and there's a storm coming in. So he winds up getting snowed in at her house. He says that she needs to come to New York with him. Is like stomping through her house. To figure out the book. Right, trying to pack her stuff. And she's like, how about you simmer down because we can't leave here because of this winter storm. Well, and we also find out there was a group of them in college. We don't know all of their names yet, but we know there was a group of them that were all together. So Connor shows up and is like, I can't believe you'd write this book. And she's like, did you ask the other girls if they wrote the book? And he's like, well, you are the one who writes erotica. She's like, plot twist. All the girls in this group (laughs) write erotica, bitch. They just use pen names. Like my husband's friends. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, my notes say some weird cult thing, question mark. Because we really, we don't know. Like, m- most of this book, you are kept in the dark on a lot of stuff. And, like, pieces just aren't fully aligning. Right. Um, there are implications of a lot of group sex. Yep. Um, and then she— Well, and real fast, this was a whole group from college. Yes. And it's worth noting that she was a scholarship student. She was. Where it's like a super prestigious, they were like, it's like 60K a year. They mentioned that at least five times. I was like, we get it. It was 60K a year to go to this school. (laughs) But like her grandma had applied for a scholarship. Like Kira's grandma applied for a scholarship the day Kira was born. And apparently Kira's entire lineage has also attended this school on Um, scholarship. scholarship. Right. So some kind of legacy scholarship Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And then- I guess I guess Kira decides to take a shower or something, but somewhere in my notes, it says apparently she got shot for him at some point when they were in college together, but there's no context for it. He just sees the scar and is like, has some kind of moment about it. Um, and there's a lot of implication that there's this secret organization that is controlling them. Also, and real fast, don't forget that before Kira decided to take a shower— they had to go down to Connor's car to oh, get his correct. bag, yep. but that was also the only place where he had phone service. So mm-hmm. he, while they were down there with phone service, he calls one of the other guys who had been in this group and is like, what the fuck? Did you see that this book came out? Mm-hmm. And they're also, when like they go to the car, because apparently because she lives in an isolated cabin, it's a little bit of a walk from her house, but she's like, I'll go with you, buddy system. In this book, they mentioned the buddy system. <laughs> if you made a drinking game out of how many times this book mentions the buddy system. Yeah. It'd be a successful drinking game is really what it comes down to. It would. And um, then my notes just say pizza rolls. If I'm remembering correctly, they decide they need to eat. All she has is pizza rolls. And there's a lot of detail about these pizza rolls. And for some reason, that really stuck with me. Like— (laughs) <laughs> he's he's making he's organizing them on the cookie sheet that like yeah yeah and then it's like like so descriptive of like taking a bite of the pizza roll I'm like okay Jesus Christ like we've all had a pizza roll like everybody has been high at some point in college and eaten a pizza roll we understand the experience not just college 
I was trying to be discreet. <laughs> You're like, no, Chelsea, this book is all predicated on what happened in college for them. So that's what we're focusing on for all of us, too. No one has ever smoked weed outside of smoking. Smoking? <laughs> I hate myself for that one. <laughs> Holy shit. I said it. I was like, that is not, damn it. That is. We're doing really well with our words today, and I feel Snuck like it bodes club. well. I also promised n- neither of us were smoking before. <laughs> we, we weren't or even drinking. No, we, we sat down with wine. I had my first sip after we hit record, so there's no excuses. Same. This is just mm-hmm. who we are. Yeah, I can accept that. So... So they eat pizza rolls is the moral of the story. And then— And while they're eating, they're, like, kind of talking about some stuff mm-hmm. from college. And, like, Kira asks how, like, one of the girls, Emily, like, asks about her. And then we learn something happened with Emily when they were in college. And Emily is in the hospital. We then after, like, she asks, we do learn Emily was the one who shot Kira. Correct. Yeah. And so we have no context for this. We just know there was this, like, secret group they were in in college. Kira was shot. Not shot at some point. <laughs> not <laughs> to be confused with shot Yes. Yes. Was, um, and Emily had been aiming for Connor, and Kira, like, jumped in the way. Right. Because she's in love with him. Um, and so then I guess they decide to go to sleep. Connor sleeps on the couch. But he wakes up at some point and um, goes to her room, and he's like, seems like she is having a sex dream, probably about me, based on my observation of her sleeping right now. So I'm just going to go ahead and get in bed with her and fuck her, which I just— I, mm. well, when he couldn't sleep on the couch, he picked up one of her erotic novels and oh, started I forgot reading about it. That. And then he's like, maybe this is some dark shit, but like, maybe it does it for me. And then he's like, I guess I should go check on her while she sleeps. And she's sleeping, sleeping with the door open because buddy system. And you're like, that's, I don't think that's how the buddy system. I think she's just lived alone forever and is minding her own business. Right. Um, it real fast. Oh dear. Do you rem- Girl, what? <laughs> um, do you remember that Disney movie Heavyweights? <laughs> yes. All I could think of this entire book was like when one of the hot guys who comes in on like the on Ben Stiller's team is hitting on one of the original camp counselors and she's like, shouldn't you be watching the kids while they're in the water? He's like, I have them on the body system because he has that like thick accent. (laughs) And then he just like starts shouting like, buddy. (laughs) And all the kids shout back, buddy. And he's like, yeah, see, they're fine. And that's what I thought of this entire book. Thank you for the look on Hannah's face is both amused and. And bemused. (laughs) <laughs> I'm amused and bemused over here. Yep, that's me. So anyway, they bang. That's literally what it says in my notes. Yeah, they I put, bang. honestly, mine says, Connor can't sleep, picks up one of her books, gets aroused, they bone, go to sleep, and then they wake up to banging on the door where a plow has come through and has cleaned the streets and then left this, like, very fancy letter. Yeah. That you have to deliver that just says, be there soon. And then Connor 
goes and is like, here, like, who the fuck sent you this? And is, like, super jealous. And you're like, bro, you haven't spoken to the girl in 10 years. Mind your business. Yes. And the snowplow guy is like, I literally am just trying to plow shit and deliver this letter. So I'm going to go. And so um, Kara is, like, amused that he's jealous. She's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have been such a little bitch and disappeared, you know? Um, which I can appreciate. This is not the consequences of your own (laughs) action. Well, well, well. (laughs) (laughs) So then, um, Hayes, who is another member of this mysterious group who for some unknown reason in my notes, I called Hazel shows up (laughs) And is like, we have to go to New York. So he takes them to his mansion. Well, he's like the whole, all of us. Yeah, the whole group from college. We're all getting together at my place in New York to figure out what the fuck we're going to do about this book and figure out the game plan. I have my helicopter here. So hop in my helicopter, guys. We're all going to go on this journey together. Yes. And it turns out that the note from Snowplow Guy was from Hayes. Um, and he has been in contact with Kira for all these years. Um, so Connor then realizes he is the only member of the Dirty Ones who did not keep up with Kira. Literally everybody else has been in contact with her, has talked to her online, yeah, has like had everyone lunch else with is her. friends. And yep. he's and he comes in and he's like, Whoa. What do you even know about her these days? And they're like, a lot, man. We've been friends for 10 years. He's like, what do you mean you've been friends for 10 years? He's like, what? Um, So, like, Connor and Hayes are having this conversation on the helicopter while Kira is sleeping where Connor's putting together that maybe, like, he's the shitty one who dropped the ball all Mm -hmm. this time. I don't know. My words. Not the author's. But still. They get to the mansion, and everyone is already there. And they go up to the third floor library it's in the mansion. There are 97 rooms that is also mentioned several times <laughs> through the book, including all of the originals are there, including Emily. Yeah. The one who shot Kira. And we also do find out that when Emily shot Kira, Emily then has been in a psych ward for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And a new girl came in named Louise. Yes. Louise is not present. Although I do just want to tell you. I don't know what was happening when I was outlining this book, but here, here's the note I have about this. The other dirty ones are there, including the Nutter Butter who shot Kitty Cat. She's been in the loony bin since then. That's what my note says about this interchange. So honestly, I want you to try and re-review this book in like six months without rereading it, just going off of the notes that you wrote. Bet. Yes. So, but like Emily's there with like guards and a doctor mm-hmm. and like she like grabs Kira and is like, I have a present for you. Yeah. She keeps saying, I have gifts for you. I have gifts for you, which is not what you want to hear from someone who's been in a psych ward that long because you're really only going to get one of two gifts from that, <laughs> right? Like macaroni art of some kind or some kind of like murder plot. Like those, I feel like there's no in between. You get macaroni art or murder. (laughs) I feel like those are literally the only options from somebody who's been in a psych ward for that long. Because what is she going to give them? But it turns out it is neither macaroni art nor a murder plot, at least not yet. It is a notebook that has their story in it. 
Um, and then my note says Nutter Butter runs out and disappears. So Emily escapes the room, and because this mansion has 97 rooms, they can't fucking find her <laughs> in the house. Like, literally the notes I have say, Emily has guards and a doctor. She refuses to leave, saying she has presents for them. Call on the inside line. The present has been delivered. Emily is gone. <laughs> like, that's really how it feels like it happens in the book. Yeah. She just, like, disappears. And then, like, throughout the whole time they're in this mansion, they'll mention, like, and we heard the running of feet outside the room. The and pitter-patter. The pitter-patter. And then uh, then people chasing them. Like, yes, they haven't found her yet. <laughs> and they keep going. And they're all just in this room. And they're, once Emily's gone, Hayes locks all of the original dirty ones in the library so that they yeah. will be safe there. And so now they're all arguing about what to do next. Camille, who is another one of the dirty ones, is super drunk and is not helpful in this interchange at all. She's a bitch. The I, enti- I like did love it. her <laughs> because she could not stop making references to Clue. She's like, she just kept being like, I guess it was uh, Professor Emily in the Emily library with, with the, the candlestick. Candle right. And then when they're in, like, they're the conservatory later, she's like, <laughs> are you sure we're not in Clue? She's like, I called dibs on, on Professor Plum. Yep. Like, outside of her Clue jokes, I didn't she's really— She's kind of the worst. She's really the worst. I did not need her. I enjoyed her antics. Um, and also the fact that you don't need her will become relevant again later. Oh, um, sorry. Mean, yeah, damn. Sorry. So <laughs> what they decide, they're like, cool, well, we need to just start reading the dirty ones out loud. Let's read Let's read the book. Let's see what the actual story is that's listed here. Mm-hmm. And then Connor was always apparently the read-alouder of the group. Yes. Like, they're like, they, they make reference several times mm-hmm. to him always, like, reading books out loud to Kira and Sophia. Yeah. Who was another one who was also there who we right. will meet. So also, just just to recap who all is in the room, because we've said all of the names already, we've got Connor, Kira, Camille, Hayes, Bennett, and Sophia, and mm-hmm. then Emily's on the run somewhere in the mansion. Yes. And Louise <clears throat> is not there with them. Louise apparently, at this point, we are told she still lives at her parents' house mm-hmm. and, like, while Hayes has tried to maintain relationships with everyone else, like Emily, or not Emily, Louise doesn't fuck with everyone. Right. And so Connor does not want to read this book, but everybody kind of agrees that he should. So he starts reading it aloud. There's information in the book about their instructions um, to have sex with each other and for Kira to essentially document their sex acts so she has to sit there and watch all of them bang and then write it down. It's because she was the scholarship student, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it turns out that her she comes from a long, long line of erotica authors, so it all makes sense. Oh, what was her mom's book? I don't remember. The, the Seduction of Sadie. Oh, Jesus, Mary Joseph. <laughs> I would read that. <laughs> you, you really would. <laughs> I, one of my favorite things is whenever I open Goodreads without fail at the top of my notifications list or like my, like the thread in the feed, there's always what Hannah's reading. And I'm always like, I don't know if I want to read that one. <laughs> like, like, I'm always like, I hope she doesn't text me asking if we can review that for the podcast because <laughs> that one, like, 
looks like a very specific type of journey. I don't know if I want to go on today. Which is totally fair. It's totally fair. So, or the other thing that I see is that like all have like recommended a book series to you. And I've read like the first like two or three and I'm like, all right, I'm out. Like I get the gist. It's becoming redundant. And then I'll see your post and it's like, Hannah's on book 11 in this <laughs> series. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, at least you can give me the updates for it. I okay, can so- let you know if you should continue mm-hmm. or not. Perfect. So, sorry, I sidetracked us. Connor starts reading this book, and then Bennett really is, like, fixated on, like, Kira being the author. So, like, mm-hmm. everything K- Connor's reading, like, Bennett kind of keeps interrupting and, like, grilling Kira about, like, why she wrote it. Right. Also, in the book, that none of them are actually listed by name. They're all listed by initials. Yes. And so the opening of the book is a lot of description about the tower that they were in, that they met in, and that does become relevant later. Um, But um, so as they're reading, they find out that Emily was told that she could get out of this, this group if she shot Connor. And so that's why she showed up to shoot Connor and then Kira got in the way. Well, there's also the added feature or feature. feature. <laughs> added feature. So um Hayes and Kira had found a gun with instructions to shoot Emily. And right. they were like, this is weird. We're not gonna do this. Then when they go find Emily, Emily also has a gun mm-hmm. and has been instructed to shoot Connor. Yeah. Apparently pulls the trigger. Kira jumps in front of him, saves the day, i.e. the bullet wound in her shoulder. Yes. And then they continue reading and they find out. So apparently Kira, Connor, and Sophia were in a thruple situation. Um, And they find out that the reason for that was because Sophia was told that if she didn't get Kira to join her and Connor in their sex acts, that um, Kira would be killed. So, and then we also find out that Bennett was inst- like discloses that like he was instructed to rape Camille. Yeah. So like we kind of go like we still don't really know what the fuck is happening with this no. original book. We're just suddenly like getting all of these pieces of like they were all instructed to like do some pretty atrocious things that mm-hmm. none of them were on board with. Right. Um, but Kira is like real upset because mm-hmm. she thought the thruple was real between them. So she feels very, very betrayed. Um, Connor stops reading. Sophia gets up to go to the bathroom and kind of does a weird, like, wink, nod thing for Kira to go with her, and they fight. And Sophia says that she um, has always loved Kira and based all of her uh, erotica characters on Kira because she's been— Like, she was in love with her, basically. Um, And so then Connor comes in, and my notes just say, Connie comes in, they all bang, Kitty narrates? Awkward. (laughs) Mine are that mine says. (laughs) So, Sophia and Kira clear the air. Connor comes in, announces he wants Kira. Sophia's upset. Connor gives her a hug. She kisses him. Sophia and Connor bone while Kira narrates. And just like, it's like whispering dirty things in Connor's ear. Like, yeah. As if it were like a scene in one of her 
erotica novels. This right. is kind of like how she's narrating this. Yeah, she's she's all like, look how wet she is for you, Connor. She's such a little slut for your dick. And it's like, Jesus, Mary, what? We we go from six to midnight so quickly <laughs> throughout this book where you're like, oh, but like with everything in this book, you just kind of accept it as you're yeah. going. You're like, wh- you're like, this may as well happen. Why not? And then you move on. <laughs> so Kira's narrating the sex. Apparently, everyone hears. Yeah, and everyone then, hears. And, and then, then Hayes confronts Connor and then like, but and says like, Kira's not your future. Don't do this. And you're mm-hmm. like, what? Well, he's like, you're set on becoming president, man. That's why you're starting to run for Senate. Like, your father... They're never going to let you marry or be with an erotica author if this is what you want. So you need to stop leading her on because that's bullshit. Um, Which is very nice that he is, like, standing up for her in a way. I can appreciate it. Great reframe. Thank you. Yeah. So then they all go down to dinner. (laughs) And Camille is still very drunk. And, yeah, the clue jokes have now just switched to the whodunit and— the dining room. Also, Emily's still on the loose. Yep. They've read this book, or not the whole book. They've read, Part like, the first chapter. They have accused each other. There's been a sex scene. And Emily's still just, like, wandering this house. Yeah, she's just doing her thing. And then there are some weird vibes between Hayes and Kira that Connor picks up on. They're, like, cutting eyes at each other, and, like, he is not—he— He's upset about it. Um, yeah, Connor, I just, he's he, an asshole. It's I was going to say, he's years. a little bitch. And he's like, the, his first thought when the book comes out is like, I need to go like confront this bitch because I can't believe she dropped this book. And then he goes and he's like, I'm going to bone this bitch instead. And then he find, he's like, wait, all of you have been friends with her this whole time? Yeah, and then he's weirdly jealous of his friend and the mystery note writer and all that. He's like all upset. And it's like, dude. You have less than no right. It's true. Also, they're bringing dogs in to look for Emily. Oh, I forgot about the dogs. They're like, we're bringing the dogs in. I was like, this is the most over-the-top shit, and I'm here for it. So, But they forgot to bring a copy of the book down to the dining room with them. Mm -hmm. But then I think it's Hayes. I was like, we don't need the book. We have Kira. And she remembers the truth and, like, documented all of it. So we have Kira. Um, and so he's like, can you continue the story? And then Hayes and Kira talk about the first night they met Louise. And Hayes is like, we killed someone together. Yep. And then Bennett is like, everybody shut up and give me a dollar because also, he's an attorney. Yeah, he's, a <laughs> he's a lawyer. It wasn't a weird stripper <laughs> thing. He's a lawyer. So he's like, everybody shut up. Stop talking. Give me some money. I'm now your attorney. Mm-hmm. Um. So that way, you know, all the privilege or whatever. And then he's like, you know what? I think that Camille and I are just going to go. Because at this point, Camille is three and a half sheets to the wind. And he's like, we just, And like Ben has to go. go meet his dad. And they're like, you're a grown man. And he's like, you know how my dad is. I'm bringing Camille with me because buddy system. <laughs> buddy! <laughs> yep. Um, so, but also, let's not forget the flashback because they're like we, like Hayes and Kira, like we killed someone that first night, and mm-hmm. then we we do have like a we go back to the scene where Hayes and Kira are at the tower 
Louise shows up, like, dressed very nicely in heels, and then is like, all right, I was given instructions. We have to kill someone. It's a man in the basement. And then and they're like, they kill him. No. Right? And then they, they do. Yeah, they kill him, and then they discover that there's a tunnel from the tower to a cemetery. Yep, and so they bury him, and that's their first night. So, so the way that it's structured, they are paired off, basically. Um, and so then each Saturday, one pair has to go to the tower to receive instructions. Kira has to be there every Saturday to document. And so this was Hayes and Louise's first night. Mm-hmm. And so, in case it wasn't obvious already, um, it was Hayes and Louise, Camille and Bennett, mm-hmm. and then Sophia and Connor. Yes. And Emily was originally matched with Hayes, mm-hmm. but then, but, obviously. Know, when you shoot someone, you lose those privileges. Correct. Hey there, smart puppies. We'll get you right back to the show in just a moment. But first, do you like us? Maybe even... Love us, because we sure love you. And if you do love us, don't tease us. Tell us in those ratings and reviews wherever you're listening right now. Maybe even send us over to a special sexy someone that would enjoy getting smutty with us. Because you know the first rule of Smut Club is to talk about Smut Club. All right, I won't keep you any longer. Let's get back to the show. Um, so then there are two bedrooms in this like wing, um, that they're staying in while they're still searching for Emily. All right. I did have questions on that because from my interpretation of the book and tell me if I was interpreting it wrong. Hayes had locked, after dinner, he locks them back in the library. Uh When they'd asked about bathrooms, he was like, yeah, off of like those doors, but don't you like only use these bathrooms, not those, because those ones are accessible from the outside hall as mm-hmm. well. But it sounds like there's two bedrooms that are only accessible through, through the library. library. Yeah. Okay, not just me? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, this this house wasn't well planned. Or maybe it was. Maybe they were like, someday there is gonna be a nutter butter riding around this house and we need to be able to have a safe sequestered area. For an extended period. You know, I do feel like back in the day when they were making mansions, they were really, like, of that caliber. They were planning (laughs) for some contingencies. They were planning ahead, yeah. Like, I've never built a house and been like, I really need to think about if there's ever a threat, but I want to keep sleeping. (laughs) Correct. So then Connor um, and Hayes continue to kind of argue about Kira. Connor finds out that Hayes has been... Basically having lunch dates and movie dates with Kira like once a month forever. And he's like, what the fuck? Well, I'm like, when they were on the helicopter earlier, Connor was like, I mean, I bet this is the Kira's first time on a $12 million helicopter. And then Hayes is like, I pick her up for lunch once a month, man. Like, Connor is very like... I want to be with Kira now, but there's really been the little conversation between them. Yeah. And they hadn't talked in 10 years. Like he shows up at her house, accuses her of writing this book. They fuck. And then he's like, dibs, eternal dibs. Basically. 
And I can't forgive the last 10 years. Which does come into play because then he goes into the room with Kira, gets naked and gets into bed with her. And then it switches to her point of view. She is dreaming about an orgy and there's a lot of detail about who's doing what. And she- The the dream orgy was like a- Christmas party that they all attended in college together. And then Bennett is in the dream telling her that this is wrong. And she's like, if this is wrong, I don't want to be right. And then she wakes up to uh, Connor in the bed um, and they fuck again. And Kira continues her dirty talk. But this time she does it as if Sophia is with them. She's like, what would Sophia be doing right now if she was with us? Um, and then that's weird to me, but okay. Well, yes, that the well was not going to be a quality. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that was weird. Also worth noting, when they went back up to the library, Sophia was like, I'm going to buddy system with Hayes tonight. And so like Hayes and Sophia were off in their room. Connor and Kira are in theirs. They mm-hmm. bone again. They go to sleep and then they wake up. To Sophia and Hayes coming and joining them um, for a more recent group sex scene. Yes. Not just a memory. And I had a lot of questions about this group sex because just the the physics of it. The logistics are very difficult. They don't track. No. They don't track. So it says they all fuck. Connie's in Sophia's ass. Hayes is eating her out while... Connie eats out Kitty, who is sucking off Hazel. How? That's my notes. <laughs> no, I remember actually having the thought when they were like, I'm like, okay, so wait. Hayes is, not Hayes. Connor's laying on his back. Right. In Sophia's ass. Correct. No, was he sitting up at one point? I just remember they were suddenly like, yeah, and now he's eating out Kira. And I was like... I paused and I like went back a couple paragraphs to reread because I was legit trying to figure out the logistics of like, how it worked. How short is Sophia and how tall is Connor that Kira wasn't sitting on Sophia's face? <laughs> <laughs> which again, which would be fine well, in this group sex context. Also, but-, but the thing that like once again I got annoyed with Connor about is that at some point, once again, the logistics of this are are hazy. Um Kira is riding Hayes's dick. Right. And Hayes seems close to finishing. And Connor's like, I can't no. have another man come inside her. So she, he pushes Kira off Hayes's dick and then pushes her face down so Hayes will come in Kira's mouth. And yep. once again, I, the logistics of this scene. Also, if you hear that slight rhythmic vibrating sound in the background, <laughs> um, it is my dog snoring on the ground. He really likes to be right next to us. So on the ground next to where, where, where we're <laughs> recording. That was so hard to get out. Um, he, we have a little dog bed for him that he lays on, but I have a pug and he's... He's not a quiet snorer. No, honestly, they're snuffle up again. There are nights where him and my husband trade off, and I'm like, I guess I'm just not going to sleep tonight because <laughs> the two of you are just really <laughs> making their own symphony. So there's the group sex scene that the logistics really they, don't make sense. Yeah, they Connor. Don't. So the next morning, Connor wakes up. Hayes is gone, but the girls are still sleeping. So Connor decides he's going to go find Hayes. 
But then, like, hears footsteps behind him in the hall and, like, a, mm-hmm. a giggling. And then suddenly Emily is in front of Connor. Right, because he's lost in this stupid house. Because there's 97 rooms. Right. So then he sees her, but he doesn't know where he is. And she tells him that um, she didn't shoot Kira. And he has no idea what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. And then Hazel starts yelling for him. And so he turns around. Hayes. You're just, <laughs> I'm just going with the names I made up now. <laughs> You're like, but I like all the names I made up. Yes, like Hazel. Hayes. <laughs> Hazel Hayes shouts that, um, like, come find me in the conservatory. But then Emily is, like, telling Connor, like, your memories are false and I didn't do it and you need to know the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when Hayes shouts for Connor, he, like, turns his head to hear where the shouting is coming from. But then when he turns back, Emily is gone again. Mm-hmm. So then when Connor goes to, like, get to, like, finds Hayes, Hayes is like, oh, no, Emily was found last night. She was, like, hiding in the, what was it, the dumb waiter? Yeah, something like that, I don't yeah. Know. Um, and she's been back at the hospital for a few hours already, and Connor's like, what the fuck? Because I just mm-hmm. saw her, and she told me not to believe anything. Yep. And then they switch gears and start talking about the night before. And Hayes is like, I want us all to be together. Like, why can we not do that? Like, I've been in love with Sophia forever. Like, let's just do this thing. Um, And so then Connor is like, I cannot do this with you people right now. I have to go to work. So he leaves. Well, but something else that we find out in this exchange between them is that Hayes knew about the book first. Oh, right, right, right. So, like, Connor thought he had brought everyone's attention to it when he called Bennett at the beginning of the book and told him about it, and Hayes was like, no, I already knew about it. We need to finish the book. We need to know how it ends. And Connor's like, we were all there. We know how it ends. And Hayes was like, do we? Do we? Um, And then Connor's father calls and is like, you need to come back so we can talk logistics about your campaign. Um, yeah, so then Connor's like, I have to leave and go to work. hmm And then— But I also—I interpreted that scene a little different. I didn't interpret it as them all wanting to be together. I interpreted it as, like—or Hayes wanting all of them to be together. I interpreted it as Hayes being like, yeah, that was fun. I've been into Sophia for a really long time. I read it as, like, not, not so much that we're going to have a polyamorous thing, but more of, mm-hmm. like, I want us to— like have like do life together. Oh, like just I like want us to continue these. Fr- yes, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And maybe if group sex happens again, that's cool. But like, yes, he's been in love with Sophia, which is helpful for Connor's jealousy over him and Kira. Um, but then, yeah. So then he goes to work. Uh, Sophia and Kira wake up in bed together. They have a nice moment um, where they're both like, "You're super hot," and. <laughs> That's how I read it anyway. Um, I would say that's about how the debrief went. Yeah. Like, I will say, it's a very sex-positive book. It is. While there's, like, some sexual trauma that they all apparently experienced in college together, like, present-day them, they're a very sex-positive, sex-forward group. Yeah, they're good with it. Um, So... So then Hayes comes in and is like, you guys need to get dressed. We're going to go to Sophia's in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Hayes' mansion is out in Long Island. Mm-hmm. And Kira lives—not Kira. Sophia lives, like, in New York City proper. And he's like, we're going to go to Sophia's and keep figuring this out. 
Um, so they go, and Kira feels very out of place. She so Sophia lives oh, in oh, a hotel. Oh, don't oh, forget what? though. When Hayes tells them this, Hayes is also like, also, we're all going to a party on Saturday. Oh, yeah. It's a mandatory party, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Mandatory fun. You will have fun at this party, damn it. Pretty much. Yeah, so Hayes is like, we're all going to go to this party on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I texted Bennett and Camille as well. Like, this is something all of us are doing together. And the party is at Louise's. Yes, because we need to confront her. Like, she's the missing piece in this, blah, blah, blah. So um, they go to Sophia's. Kira feels very out of place. Sophia lives in this massive penthouse at the top of a hotel. It's a gorgeous place. And um, Camille lives across the street in a penthouse there, and they can see into each other's apartments, which will become relevant later. Um, And, like, because— Sophia and Camille are both erotica writers as well, but under pen names. Um, They'll sometimes each sit on their individual terraces, like, across the street from each other, but, like, right together. And then Mm -hmm. Kira's kind of like, oh, like, that's nice. Oh, I live in a cottage in Vermont where all I have is a weather radio to keep me company. (laughs) Maybe it would be nice. Yeah. Um, And then we switch to Connor um, at work. Bennett is there. Apparently, he's the, like, attorney for his campaign or something like that. And Camille is with Bennett. Um, They're there with papers for Connor to sign to declare his candidacy for the Senate. Um, And Connor just does not want to sign. He's like, I don't want to do this. He's 10 years in. He's like, maybe— my parents have been setting my life goals for me, and this mm-hmm. isn't what I want. No. And it just took fucking Kira to realize this. Magic pussy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it must be. It must be. Well, and so then Camille and Ben, or no, I have it as Ben shorthand. What, what names did Camille and Bennett get in your phone, Hannah? Benny and Cammy. <laughs> Well, at least you know who those ones are. I do know who those are. Uh, so then <clears throat> Connor's dad shows up to his office as well and, like, is, like, sign the fucking paperwork. And then Connor starts to be like, I don't want to sign the paperwork because I don't even know if this is what I want for my future. But then, like, as he's starting to push back to his dad for the first time, Hayes texts him and he's like, don't confront him. Just sign the paperwork. Like, Right. Go along with the plan. Um, I, I have something in the works. We can't. We can't rock the boat right now. Like, just do what he wants. So he does. And then, well, and Connor's dad is like, knows he started hanging out with the dirty ones from college. And so he's like, you need to stop hanging out with them. And like, nothing can ever happen with like that Kira girl because um, everything that happened your senior year was because of her. And I have had to work so hard to extract you from this. Right. To clean up this mess. Yes. So we're still not like 1,000%. At this point, I think we might be like 60% of the way through the book. I could be off on this. Um, I don't know. But like far enough that I'm like, we are still completely in the dark about what actually happened. Yeah. We we don't know except that there was a lot of weird coerced sex. And then also apparently they were having group sex together outside of— the the mandatory sex at the tower. They were going to parties together. They were hanging out together. Yeah, at that point, like, their group had really just, like, solidified and bonded. So then pretty much any chance they got, they were all just like, 
fucking like rabbits, apparently. I, I just imagine it like them sitting around at a party kind of being bored and then just being like orgy, 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 and then like finding a semi-private place. Imagine just like being at a party with them with no context. And yes, that <laughs> is my dog snoring. <laughs> Oh, Brandon. Brandon, we love a good pug who is a little overweight. We do. Those are the best kind. So then Hayes comes and picks up Connor from work, and they have dinner with Sophia and Kira. And um, it's really nice. Like, they have a really nice time of this, like, weird alternate domestic bliss after all of the chaos and group sex that they had. And then Connor realizes that it's not just Hayes and Kira that have been hanging out without him. It's literally everybody. Yeah, we find out that, like, Hayes and Sophia have been hosting Game of Thrones parties <laughs> together every week for, like, years. Yep. And they're like, oh, Connor, do you want us to add you to the Facebook group so you can be invited? And he's like, what the fuck? There's a Facebook group for all of this? Yep. But then when they're all hanging out on the couch afterwards, like, Hayes and Sophia are coupled up, and then Kira and Connor are coupled up, and, like, Connor kind of has this moment where he's like, yeah, this is how we're all going to move forward together. Like, I don't think we'll ever have an accidental orgy again. Um, and they'll be a couple and we'll be a couple. So I just want to say, I just want to point out, accidental orgy would be an excellent band name. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am into that. Hannah, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> if you text me tomorrow and you're like, so, like, and we were trying to find a recording date and you were like, so sorry, I'm not free that night. I'm going to go see Accidental Orgy play. I'd be like, that is exactly the band I expect Hannah <laughs> to go see. That, like, zero part of me would be surprised. So before we started recording, I told Chelsea that somebody called me a crazy queer cat lady because I had on a shirt that had a cat on it who's wearing rainbow sunglasses and socks that have cats on them, and a sweatshirt that had socks on them, and it wasn't intentional, but it's a thing that happened. And your hair has some rainbow highlights. And my hair has has rainbow colors in it presently. And so, um, yeah, yeah. So somebody was like, you look like a crazy queer cat lady, which is very on brand. So, so accidental orgy and crazy queer cat lady are like the brand for me, apparently. <laughs> because no one has been surprised, you know? Although I guess it's good that I'm consistent. Yeah, people know what they're going to get. <laughs> exactly. They do. So back to the book. Um, <laughs> so my fun. notes say, my notes say, Kitty and Connie make sweet, sweet love, and she goes to write it down in a notebook in Sophia's office. <laughs> um, I have... <laughs> Connor has small existential crisis that all of them have been <laughs> friends and interacted a lot over the last 10 years. They couple off. Connor vows to Kira that he'll never cheat on her and will never leave her again. They have a solidifying fuck. <laughs> that was what I put as my note. <laughs> like, it was like, all right, well, we, we just boned, so I guess this is as good as a contract. Deal is sealed. Yes. So after the sweet, sweet love... <laughs> which, yeah, so would be, after- which would be the first album for accidental orgy <laughs> it would be sweet sweet love but then there will be a track on that album called solidifying fuck 
100%. Does anyone currently listening want to make this album? Please. Oh, my God. Please. We will listen. I won't say we'll both go to the shows. If if you're if it's good, we'll both go to the shows. If not, <laughs> Hannah will go just for the name. <laughs> and then I'll tell her to report back, and I will buy a ticket probably, but not go. Because <laughs> I want to support you. Um, but I also don't want my ears to bleed. <laughs> You're making a lot of assumptions here and a lot of judgments. But anyway, I, I'm honestly just more trying to cover my bases because what I don't want to have happen is someone records the album and then it's not good. And then I'm committed to going to the show. Fair. Um, so I'm what you hear me doing is giving myself an out if it's necessary. But I really want to hear the album and see where it goes in the future. But yes, to your point. They have their solidifying fuck. And yep. then Kira's like, I'm going to, like, can't sleep. And she's like, I'm going to go journal about this in Sophia's office. Yep. So then Connor wakes up, sees that she's gone, and goes to find her. Um, the reason that he wakes up is because Camille has been calling and texting Kira's phone that she needs to call her, Kira needs to call Camille immediately, Right. So, y'all buckle up because things are about to take a turn. <laughs> I was not prepared mentally or emotionally for what what happens next. So, Connor goes— Also, if you don't want, like— I mean, to be fair, the rest of the episode is probably— um, a, What word am I going for? What? Spoiler. That's the word I was going for. I mean, it's for. all spoilers, but— um, this I, could be, I've only had one glass of wine and I couldn't think of the word spoiler. <laughs> this could also be very triggering if that is also yes, very true. If there's any kind of like, if you have any, uh, emotional upset around like suicide or anything like that, you probably want to stop listening now. Um, because Connor goes to find Kira. Um, he talks with her, um, and she's convinced that he read her The Great Gatsby, and he's like, I literally have never read that book. Yeah, he's like, I failed a English lit class because I didn't read that book. But he's like, so I guess what we learn here, roughly, is that when they were in college, Kira used to make homemade journals mm-hmm. from other book covers. And so she would, like, hand-stitch and hand-sew the pages in and had all of these, like, homemade journals. Right. So Connor's like, oh, yeah, you had that Great Gatsby journal. She's like, no, I never did this with, like, the Great Gatsby. And he's I would like, never. Yeah. And she's like, you read the Great Gatsby to us all the time, but I never had a journal. And he's like, what the fuck? Yes, you did. Like, I've never read the Great Gatsby, but I sure as hell remember you having a Great Gatsby journal. And so we're, like, realizing that their memories are not they aligning don't match. here. Yeah. So then they look across the street to Camille's apartment, and they see Camille and Bennett. Also, it's, like, almost 4 a.m. Yes. They see Camille and Bennett fighting through the window. Um, it looks like they're yelling at each other. They're a little bit concerned because it's super heated and getting kind of aggressive. Well, and then Connor's like, oh, yeah, Camille texts you, Kira, that, like, she needed to talk. Right. So then Camille goes out onto the terrace, and they see that Camille has a gun. And so they then go out onto— Sophia's terrace. Right. So now Camille and Bennett are on the terrace across the street, um, and uh, Kira and Connor are— are watching and they're yelling at them, um, trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. And then Bennett gets the gun from Camille and she's just starts screaming over and over that she can't do this. She can't do this. And Sophia and Hazel 
were Hayes. So sorry. Sophia and Hayes were upstairs um, in this penthouse, and there's another terrace. So they come out on the terrace upstairs, and they're also screaming, like, what is happening? What is going like, on? Like, everyone is telling Camille, like, go back inside. Please go back inside. Let's all talk about this. Right. But Camille just, like— is inconsolable and is like, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Yeah. So then she gets up on the railing of the balcony and she jumps. And everybody is like, what? So there's like this beat of what the fuck just happened. And then they hear a gunshot and they look and Bennett has shot himself in the head. Yeah, it really escalated super fast. (laughs) It did. We went from like, Connor and Kira's solidifying fuck <laughs> to that. Camille and Bennett almost felt like they were Romeo and Julietting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like we still don't really, once again, there's a lot of details we don't really know here and we're not quite sure what's happening. So obviously other people have woken up because everyone's been shouting and detectives show up and start questioning. Mm-hmm. They're um, super suspicious of Kira and she's like, what do you think I did? I was across the street. They killed themselves. Like, what? And so it's all very, very weird. Well, and, like, Camille had been, had, like, called her lawyer earlier that day and named all of the dirty ones. So, like, earlier in the day, all of their names were associated with each other, Mm -hmm. and Camille called her lawyer, but you're like, what the fuck did she call her lawyer about? We have no idea. Right. Um, so then, um, Hayes is like, listen, we're going to all go to Vermont and stay at Kira's. Um, he tells Connor that he needs to go talk to his dad and ease his mind or whatever. Yes. And then meet them in Vermont. Don't forget though, while the detectives are there, they like somehow mention, I honestly don't fully remember because everything's a little convoluted (laughs) at this point in the book. Um, they mentioned, like, Emily wasn't returned to the psych hospital. She's right. very much still at large. Hayes lied. Yes. Hayes completely lied when he said she'd been found in the dumbwaiter thing or whatever the hell she was found in. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is still out there in the universe. Yeah. So then they have this plan. Connor's going to go talk to his dad. Hayes. Because it is the day of. So, the party. Yeah. So the party that Hayes was like, we're all going to go to this fucking party. Um, the party that Louise is hosting is Connor's announcement, I'm running for Senate official launch party. <laughs> so then Hayes is like, Connor, you got to go like appease your dad because he'll, he'll know something's off um, and you got to go do damage control. Mm-hmm. And so then his dad is like, cool, you're going to stay at Louise's, but he refers to her as Dr. Livingston's for the night. Right. And, um... Kira was like, he can't go by himself. Buddy system. And they're like, please stop. (laughs) They're like, it's going to be fine. He has to go. You can't go with him. Like, his dad hates you. Blah, blah, blah. So then um, Connor goes to talk to his dad. And his dad is like, yeah, we're going to go to Dr. Livingston's. Um, Connor is like, no, I'm not doing that. You know, I have to go. I have shit to do. Two of my best friends just committed suicide in front of me. Like, I'm not doing this with you right now. So then he gets hit over the head and drugged. Yeah, like, you just know Connor pissed off his dad when— Also, Connor was like, I need a new phone because the police have mine. And he's just like, what do you mean the police have your phone? I'm like, I don't think that's that abnormal after an event like this. But yeah, then suddenly Connor gets hit over the head. um, And then he wakes up. Tied to a 
bed. Mm-hmm. And like when he wakes up, they're like, oh, he's awake. And they like give him more meds. Yeah. And then he's like kind of in and out. And he wakes up at one point and Emily is there. And she is telling him that he knows everything. He knows all of it. But they they make you forget. She just keeps saying they, yeah, they she's make like, they you made forget. you forget. Don't let them know you know the truth. You know all of it. But he's like in this drug induced haze. So once again, we're like we don't really know what. There's really no um, context. Reliable narrators. Like no. everyone in this book is a horrific historian. Yes, and we're gonna find out why. Yeah. Shortly. To be fair, it will make sense. But up until but this won't. point, you're like reading. The- See, I like that you said that it will make sense. It won't. <laughs> I I'm here to mediate expectations. That's not. It's not gonna make sense. It won't. It like covers the bases. I think when you read it, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And then afterwards, you like close the book and you sit down and you're like, nah, I still have a lot of questions <laughs> like, that are wait unanswered. A minute. So, okay. So then Hayes, um, they do wind up going to Kira's when Connor doesn't show up. They're all kind of freaking out that he's not there. You know what we completely forgot to mention when what? we were processing this? So Kira lives in this cottage oh, yeah. on a lake. Also, the cottage is attached to like or on the property of a main house. That's the house Kira grew up in. But apparently her mom left the house to an estate. Yeah, that was like that the college that she attended was over. So Kira was only left with this cottage, not the original house, but Kira lives on the other side of a lake from this college. You can see the college. You could like take a boat across the lake to get to the college. Yes, so um, they're all kind of freaking out. Where is Connor? Like, something must be wrong, blah, blah, blah. And Hayes is like, you know what we need to do? We need to go back to the tower. And the girls are like, are you high right now? That is not what we need to do. We need to find Connor, blah, 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 blah. So- um, and, and and Hayes is like, let's just go to the tower and everything will make sense. Will it? When we get, that was Hayes' words, not mine this time. <laughs> We're like, everything will make sense when you get to the tower. So Hayes takes them to the cemetery Mm -hmm. where they're walking around. And from earlier, we're like, oh, yeah, there's that tunnel that connects the cemetery to the tower. But then when they're looking around, there's no tower. There is no tower. There's zero tower. And then, like, Hayes is like, you wrote a book, but it's not what you think. And then he's like, it all actually happened. It didn't happen in the tower. It happened on the top floor of the theater. (laughs) Which just, can I just, something about it happening on the top floor of the theater of the college just made me like, like, okay, so, so was there a college improv group having a show beneath them while shit was going down in the attic? Like, like, uh, just something about it. <laughs> Sorry. Like, it really troubles me. Like, wh- why? Well, let's let's finish it. Then Fine. I think we can. So, the, like, Hayes is like, it all happened on the top floor of the theater. And um, you know what happened that night. So you start to realize, like, or maybe not start to. You realize Hayes knows more than he's let on this whole time. Yep. And then we find out, he's like, the whole thing was a cover-up. And he's like, Emily didn't shoot you, Kira. Connor's dad did. Oh, my stars. So. I bet none of y'all saw that coming. Not even a little bit, because then we flash back to that night. 
So it is an alumni party. Um, All of the dirty ones are there, um, along with their parents who are all also alumni. And Kira's mom is flirting with Connor's dad, right? Very blatantly, very obviously, everyone sees this happening. And Connor's dad is well known for philandering. So. Not being philanthropic. um, No, no. Just philandering. Just philandering. Don't don't get your. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get your fills mixed up. (laughs) Don't confuse your fills. Philandering, philanthropy, classic mix up here. (laughs) Yes. So his, Connor's dad is like known for like, oh yeah, like it's kind of like a different woman each year at Mm -hmm. these events. And then Sophia and Camille go and approach Kira at this alumni dinner to kind of like, talk, like they see it happening as well. Like they don't know her super well because she was a scholarship kid and was on the fringes, but like mm-hmm. kind of a loner. Yeah. It seemed like they were trying to be kind mm-hmm. and like they saw it happening, like didn't want her to bear that weight alone. Right. So they're like, we know the secret spot where Connor's dad takes his women, like, let's go, ha ha ha. Right. So then it switches to Connor's point of view. Um, and Connor is super drugged up and it turns out Louise is a psychiatrist. She is not their age. She is significantly older. And then he also flashes back to that night. My favorite though is like Connor on a bunch of meds just looks at Louise and he's like, you can't be Louise. You're You're old. old. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm like, damn, Louise is not innocent, but like. Way to kick a woman while she's down. <laughs> right. She's having a tough day. Um, so he flashes back to that night. And he had seen Kira around for all the years they'd been in school and been really drawn to her, but never really approached her. And then that night, he joins up with Kira, Sophia, and Camille, and Hayes. And they all decide they're going to go, like, spy on his dad and it's going to be funny and, like, let's go to the the cemetery. Well, it almost seems like they all, like, got there by chance because, like, mm-hmm. Kira kind of goes with, like, Sophia and Camille and then it sounded like Connor and Hayes were kind of, like, leaving to do their own thing and then saw them, then followed Joined them. Up. And then they're walking and they see Bennett is making out with Emily by a tree and they're like, cool, where are you going? Yeah, so then they just join the party, and then all of them collectively sneak into the Arlington family mausoleum, which is Connor Arlington. Yeah, so they sneak into the family mausoleum, and they're all kind of hiding and giggling, whatever. And then Connor's dad comes in with Kira's mom, and they are—they can't really see them because they're hiding, but they can hear them. And Emily is kind of, like, poking her head around, trying to see what's going on. And then Connor's mom shows up with a dude and a gun. It's like, I'm getting rid of this year's trollop. She's like, turnabout's fair play, bitch. Also, I'm taking somebody out. And so she starts shooting— and or shooting starts. I think there's a struggle for the gun. It's very unclear. Yeah, it's very it like because they couldn't really see. They're like it was all kind of chaos, but like all we know is that like at the end of the chaos, the random dude Connor's mom had with him was dead and Kira was shot. Right. Connor's dad shoots Kira. Like Connor's dad ends up with the gun somehow and then he shoots Kira. 
Um, and then um, Connor comes out of that flashback. Louise says that she's going to drug him again, and he shrugs it off. Yeah, it's like, get in line or you get another syringe. Right, and he's like, okay. And he remembers that Hayes told him to go along with whatever his dad was saying and just, like, go along with it because there's a plan. Like, you're going to be okay. Well, and also when Connor came out of that flashback or that memory, um, he looks in on the table. His dad has a copy of of the Dirty Ones book that was recently published anonymously. And... He has Kira's homemade Great Gatsby journal from college. Right. And he has them both there. Yes. Um, And he's like, I literally have no idea what the fuck is happening. I'm not trying to get drugged again. So they're saying, like, either you go make this speech or we are going to drug you again. And he's like, bet, let's go make a speech. (laughs) I'm a little high. Well, and then, like, Kira and Hayes and Sophia all get to the party, and then they see Louise. And then my favorite is that, once again, like, Kira and Sophia are like, that can't be Louise. She's old. <laughs> and Hayes is like, she was she was always old. Yeah. She was never young. Ever. Ever. In her life. In her life. <laughs> it looks like a Benjamin Button situation. I was just thinking but that. But halfway through, but, like, she just pause. went back up the other way. She She's never paused. fully went there. Um, so they're there at the party, um, super freaked out, really worried about Connor. And then they see him and Kira's like, he is not okay. You know, he's very pale. He's a little sweaty. Like he really, really does not look okay. And so then Connor starts his speech. Um, and he like locks eyes with Kira across the room. And instead of announcing that he is running for Senate, he announces that he is in love with Kira um, and that she is an erotica author and explains the whole story about how his dad shot her and um, outs Kira as the author of The Dirty Ones. And then Emily, Hayes, and Sophia corroborate the story. Well, and I I do think you're missing a piece of the story that's, like, going to— So, yes, Louise is the psychiatrist. Oh, right, right, right. But one of the things, so, like, my favorite—I loved how dramatic it was because, like, Connor, like, starts the speech and then sees Kira, and he puts down his speech and is like, Kira, come on stage with me. (laughs) And then he's like, I love— I love this erotica writer, and no one can tell me (laughs) otherwise. I love this woman. And then he— like, picks up the dirty ones, and he's like, this book explains my father's choices. And this old hoe Louise over here, <laughs> who was never young, I'm, I'm like, how haggard does she look? Um, She's Louis- looking rough. Louise was drugging us for months on end and feeding us fake stories. Right. So apparently Louise created all these false memories of the group sex and of Emily shooting Kira and of the the instructions that they received to have sex and all this stuff. So it turns out that Louise was just a a, a dirty old lady and oh. would drug them up and make them have sex together. She did not take the Hippocratic Oath seriously she as a psychiatrist. Not, nor did she honor her code of ethics. Very correct. Um, yeah. And then Louise made Kira write it all down so that it would be true. Yeah, and then and then Connor would read back what Kira wrote as like a I guess a way to solidify these false memories. Um, and so then Connor's dad is like, "It's all lies. None of it's real." 
But then suddenly Emily's there. Yep. Emily, that girl is mobile for someone who's been locked in a psych ward for 10 she years. She gets around. She really does. And so she pops up, like, when Connor's dad is like, it's all lies. And Emily, in my head, she's still wearing the scrubs from the psych <laughs> hospital, is like, no, it's true. And he blamed me for shooting Kira and had me locked up. And you're like, she's like, a, she pops up like a whack-a-mole at random <laughs> points throughout this book. And it's like, we can't keep her down. She's coming no. for you. So then Emily's on stage with Connor and Kira. Then the rest of them all go up. And they're all like, it's true. And they're all corroborating each other's stories. And they all hold hands together and then walk out holding hands. Yeah. And then my notes say everybody gets arrested. (laughs) Right. I'm like, details of the aftermath of, or detail the aftermath of the arrest. Louise, um, Connor's dad, there was a random dude who was on like the campaign team who was somehow involved. But he, I think his name was Steven. He was only mentioned, like, twice the entire book, yeah. so we don't really fuck with Steven. Um, but then Hayes had actually been—what we learned then after all of this has come out is that Hayes had actually kind of been the first to start unraveling the truth and mm-hmm. realizing things weren't quite right. Um, and that, like, Kira had actually never been taken to the hospital after she was shot, and they were all locked in a room together to get their stories right. So Right. So she received treatment from the university, mm-hmm. like, infirmary. Yes. And then Hayes, as he's kind of, like, piecing this together that things aren't quite right, their their monthly lunches where he would pick her up in the helicopter, he was actually taking Kira to see a hypnotist to get the truth. Um, but then she doesn't remember it. But then during those hypnotism sessions was when she wrote The, the Dirty, Dirty Ones. Ones. And so it wasn't what they all <sighs> thought had been released this entire time was her journal of all of their sexual acts. Right, but that's not the case. She actually wrote the real story. But what killed me about this whole hypnotist thing is they explained Kira forgetting the hypnotist sessions by saying that the hypnotist made her forget at the end of every session. And I just, y'all, that's not how memory works. That's not how brains work. And I... I'm so troubled. Well, what I, the part that like kind of threw me in all of this is that like Hayes is aware that the hypnotist is making Kira, like bringing these memories to the surface and then like burying them again once Kira's written the pages. So Kira did write the book, um, but then Hayes just like shopped the book around and got it published um, without talking to her about it at any point because he thought that would kind of like kick everything into motion. So in the in very modern day, mm-hmm. the book has been republished, but all of their names are on it because they're all the dirty ones. Right. And um, so we find out that Louise was charged with a bunch of stuff, but never went to trial because she died in a very suspicious car accident. Uh, like a couple days before the trial started. Right. And then Connor's dad is in prison. For like at least 30 years. Steve... Is in prison, I guess. That Whatever. His, yeah, that was his name. I keep forgetting um, that. And then, um, yeah, and then it's five years later. Epilogue, AO. Epilogue. Um, Connor and Kira get married. Um, Connor has, you know, he is a lawyer. We've, he just never really, like, he went practiced, to law school, yeah. passed the bar, never practiced because he was on his parents, like, track to Ten-year be, plan, yeah, yeah. become a politician. So 
he and Kira get married, and then he opens a little law practice in Vermont. And then each year on the anniversary of Camille's passing, he live streams reading one of her famous books online to mm-hmm. all of her fans. And yep. it's this, like, cathartic thing for everyone. Um, Kira's pregnant. Oh, yeah. And then Hayes and Sophia are married with mm-hmm. two kids now. And Kira and Sophia are writing erotica together now, but Sophia is no longer using a pen name. Yep. And then they all live happily ever after, y'all. And and that's the end. And and here's— Oh, here, and Connor never runs for Senate. He doesn't. People really want him to, I guess, but he doesn't. And And—, and also, they talked about how he'd run for a lot of, like, different political positions before and always lost. So I don't know why everyone is, like, suddenly on his dick to be senator when I'm like, he lost some smaller places that were probably where you should start that. I just—so, okay, here's the issue I have with J.A. Huss in general. It's not not just this book, but, like— All the plot holes? Oh, no, it's— if you don't understand something, you don't <laughs> have to write about it. Like, if you don't understand memory and how the brain works and mental health, you don't have to write about it. That's the same issue I had with rock. Like, baby, if you don't understand dissociative fugue states, then don't write about it. Does not everyone rock climb during a dissociative fugue state? I mean, I'm sure someone has, but... Not like that. <laughs> yeah, I Ugh. I do feel like there's some, like, the research needs to be more thorough, right? Because you have these things that happen that I'm like, it feels like you Googled this. You're like, you just. You read this on Wikipedia, babe. Like, you Googled, like, how to hypnotize. <laughs> and then you're like, that tracks. And then, like. But it was like someone's home blog that you read the instructions from. Like a mommy blog, but for major mental health problems. And hypnotists. <laughs> I just... <sighs> okay, I did enjoy this far, far more than Rock. Yes, I, I'll give you that. Because I, I love a good murder mystery. I love a good whodunit. I love the kind of like... I love a good like... 20s era Great Gatsby. And there's a lot of like, like Sophia's penthouse is very like Art Deco. Mm -hmm. And like, but I don't necessarily feel like we, like, like you read this. I think what, like my thing with J.A. Huss is that like, you end that, like the books always have a lot of questions. And then there's like this very quick wrap up at the end. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I covered all my bases. And then everyone reading is like, you did not. Well, it's like, if you're going to have plot holes, which I understand happen, uh, things cannot all be all wrapped up every time. I understand that, and I will give you license for that. But if you're going to do that, then what you write about should make sense <laughs> also. Like, if you want me to buy into these plot holes, I'm going to need there to not be a random hypnotist who meets with somebody for one hour once a month that can bring up memories and then make that person forget both the memories and the hypnotist session. Okay, Hannah, but I think what you're forgetting here is that Hayes and Kira had been friends for years, and Connor didn't know. So it wasn't, like, 
I honestly, my thought was like, how long was Kira seeing this hypnotist once a month to bring this to fruition? Also, just like ethically, um, was Hayes sitting in the room during the hypnotist it session? It did sound like that. It did sound like he was just sitting there, which I'm like, as a therapist, I wouldn't say just bring in a random friend in to sit in the corner of your session well, work. And here's the other thing. I'm like, is this like a party party trick hypnotist making people quack on stage and shit? Or is this like a hypnotherapist that has been trained in some way? Like, I just, I, I can't. Like, I just, I can't get there. I can't. I can't. Um, so how many hypnotists would you rate this book? <laughs> Well, apparently it only took one. So one part-time <laughs> hypnotist is your final rating. Yup. Um, I'm gonna give the book like four homemade journals <laughs> out okay. out of twenty. <laughs> out of fifteen? I don't know. Like honestly, like it's a, it's super ridiculous. It's super over the top. I think this is a fun one. It like, is. The, it is. Like, if I had to sit down and choose between reading this and rock again, oh, this one dirty every day. For sure. for sure. And I do think for the very for a very specific audience, I would recommend this book. Sure. I I would not recommend rock most of the time. I have out of spite. <laughs> Like, someone wanted a book recommendation, and you were like, I hate this person, so I'm going to recommend Rock. Yes. Or I thought their reaction would be really funny, and so I was like, you will hate this. Tell Hannah, me how you feel. Hannah, you've got to stop doing that. <laughs> Why? Like, your coworker who was like, I want to read some smut, and you were like, here's some reverse harem, Den of Viper shit, and they were like, oh, we have different definitions of smut. Like... You know exactly what you're doing when you make these referrals. I do. <laughs> and I don't feel bad. Like, I don't feel bad. Maybe I should, but but I don't. You know, at least you can own it about yourself. <laughs> I'm Listen, I'm the crazy queer cat lady who's into accidental orgy. I mean, I feel like making intentionally bad book recommendations is also on brand. No one's going to trust your book recommendations. (laughs) You're going to be like, oh, you should totally read this one. It was so good. And they're going to be like, fool me once, Hannah. I will tell people, I'm like, this is really bad. You should read it. But if somebody is genuinely asking me for a true, like, good book recommendation, I will be, I'll be serious about it. Once. (laughs) And once is all you get. And then. Yep. Just like one part-time hypnotist. That's it. Yeah, that is a good point between, like, a party trick hypnotist and, like, a hypnotherapist. <laughs> you're like, what? What is your schooling and education? Right. Level? Are you making people do the chicken dance on stage or? Were you making Kira do the chicken dance while she was relaying this Reliving drama? Reliving traumatic experiences. But also my other question, because oh, it's, dear. like, a full-length book that yeah. The Dirty Ones was released as. Um, it's a pretty quick story. And what actually happened where, because because they keep being like, oh, well, if we actually sat down and we all got to the mansion at the beginning of the book, 
and Connor was reading out loud, if we'd pushed through another chapter to the real truth would have come out, we would have all been able to like formulate this game plan moving forward. So I'm like, how long was the book if we're going to get those answers? Well, how that fast quickly? was Connor reading? I don't know. I don't know. I just, that's the review, guys. That's the review. We have four out of 15 to 20 homemade journals and one part, part-time hypnotist, not a hypnotherapist. Um, that is our final offer on the rating of this book. But it, it, truly, it is a fun. It's a fun read. It is a fun read. You'll have a lot of questions that will go unanswered that we will commiserate with you when you get there. Um, actually, what we've already, you already listened to the whole review. You probably don't, don't have the same questions. Uh, I mean, you might, because <laughs> I don't think we answered them. You know that, I, if anything, I think our debrief has caused more questions than answers. So yeah. that's it. Four out of 15 to 20 homemade journals and one part-time hypnotist yep. is our final review. Let us know your thoughts on this one. Thanks for coming and having fun with us today. Have a great day, gentle reader. What? No. I hated that. I hated that as it was coming out of my mouth. But I did it already. Gentle reader? You heard me. I, like, that made me feel, like, what I imagined when you said gentle reader was you, like, caressing the back of your hand down someone's face, being like, hey, gentle reader. Making really intense eye contact. Yes. Like, no no blinking. Um, anyway, we apologize. My husband asked for a smut slut shout out. So here it is, babe. There, that's it. Hey, Matt, you're great. I've never actually had the chance to meet you in real life. Um, you're great. Can't <laughs> wait for that, that day to be upon us at some point. Yeah. Y'all, we'll just keep doing this we're forever. Just, yeah, we hope you have a wonderful go. rest of your day. Bye. Next week on Smut Club. Um, we were having a conversation recently about wanting to give you a name other than friends. So we were kind of going between like smut puppies and smut sluts. Yeah. My husband's vote is for smut sluts. Maybe we could just do like a variety between them Mm. or like a scale. Like maybe like smut puppy. is like you've dipped your toe in. And then you're a slut pup. Yes. And then you're a smut slut. Yes. Yes. You guys let us know. Let us know if you want to be called any of those <laughs> because consent is important. And, and we, it matters. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, names are also important. And we don't want to give you a name you hate. Honestly, my husband's just really excited about shirts that say smut slut on them and have uh, flowers and shit in his words on them. It Like smut slut feels to me like... Something that you would find in an, in an adult coloring book <laughs> surrounded by some flowers. Yeah, I could see that. Well, that's it for this week's Mud Sluts. We hope it was good for you because it sure was great for us. If you're digging what we're doing, it would mean a lot if you'd take a minute to rate and review the show wherever you're listening right now. Maybe tell that sexy someone to lend us an ear. We love you, we appreciate you, and we'll see you next week. Stay smutty.